Welcome to Hebrews at Conversation Cafe with Ricky Allen. This podcast is a unique brew of real people with real talk about real life experiences. So if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. If you're somewhere sitting, sit back, relax, and be still. Let's get the conversation started. Hey, I'm Ricky Allen, and today I appreciate you stopping by Hebrews of Conversation Cafe. I'm happy to have with me Ashton Hall, a gentleman I met about a year ago at the beautiful Mosaic Templars Cultural Center in Little Rock, Arkansas, while doing a book event there. Ashton, how are you? Hey, Ricky, how's everything going? Everything is fine, thank you. I'm excited to be here, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you and, and your guests that are going to listen in on your podcast. Tell you what, before we get started on what actually connected us, how about telling us a little bit about yourself? So I am originally from New York City. New York City? New York City, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I now live here in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. I've been here now about maybe four and a half years. Um, It was a career move, um, but also I was at a point in my life where I was looking to just um, slow my life down. I was in a very hectic pace there in New York City professionally, and um, the opportunity presented itself where I could still maintain my creativity professionally, but do it at a pace where I could really enjoy life. Um, there were some external projects that I wanted to work on, and Little Rock has afforded me the opportunity to do such a thing. Well, maybe I missed it. Did you tell us exactly what it is you do? <laughs> So I am a fashion designer, and I work for um, a very large company here in Little Rock. They have about 300 stores, um, but along with that, I also have my own clothing line that we are working on, and we're excited about um, a new product that we actually are launching um, this weekend called the Bearded Mask, and this product is specifically designed for clients that have been given feedback that the regular masks are just too uncomfortable to wear. So not only did I develop something with a great fit, but we went in technically um, to work with a factory that was able to develop what we call an antimicrobial fabric. And also it has a special protective um, thing that allows the droplets to not penetrate. Um, It protects you. um, It will last several washes. And all of that is important that we considered when developing this product. Well, yeah, that sounds interesting. And uh, sign me up. I, I figured now masks are because you said fashion designer, and I've never considered myself to be a fashioner. But uh, with the need to wear masks, I, I guess I'll get on the bandwagon. And if you're going to wear it, you might as well look good, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I, I remember um, our first encounter when I was there at Mosaic. And I think I, it was you and your brother, you were coming in. And um I remember hearing you at a distance kind of looking. Well, first I saw you look over in uh, our direction. And then I heard you say to your brother, well, let me see what this is about. And and then the two of you came over and I introduced myself and you asked me to tell you a little bit about my books. And I began to tell you about Can These Bones Live? 
and your response kind of, okay, I'm sold already. I'll take this one and, and, and I'll take this one too. But you threw my books down on the table and I was thinking, now, what is this? Who does that? And actually, how rude. I was happy to have you to buy the book and all of that, but it's like, what's with this guy? And, I think uh, that was the New, the New York in me coming out. I will tell you that I did not expect to hear back from you. So, so first, before I, before I delve into that part of the question, I just want to clear up a little bit of uh, things that were said earlier. I, yeah, I did. I did drop the books on the table. That's I'm guilty. No, you of threw that. the books. Um, you didn't drop them. You didn't drop them like a microphone. You threw my books on the table. <laughs> so to clean that up, um, you know, that day, and I'm not trying to make any excuse for that um, gesture, but. You know, it was a lot going on. Um, I, I was leaving out of the country within two days. And I'm a big, you know, proponent of supporting the black author. And that's the honest truth. I tell people all the time, if you write a book and you can find the book, I'm going to buy it. And I guess in that moment, when he start, when you started to share what the book was about, I kind of pumped the brakes abruptly because I literally just had that conversation with someone and I was more shocked that the answer to these questions was sitting down in a book. And I was like, you know what? You don't have to tell me anymore. I'm going to take the book because I knew, by the way, the answers were in there. And then I also purchased the second book because I was really um, excited to see um, the comparison of the two writing skills. Um, so now to answer the question, um, on my journey to, uh, to Asia, I read the first book on the flight out, and it was so compelling. Um, normally I would watch several movies and maybe read a little something, but I was just so taken um, by the format of the book, the ease of the book, but more than that, it, it actually gave you solid answers to key questions. Um, so again, I, I just read the book in one clip um, on the flight out. And then the second book, I, I read that when I got to the third country um, and kind of just read that at the resort because I really wanted to to take in the ambiance of the location as I was reading the book to really become that character. Because it was so, again, so interesting to read the journey of that character. So long story short, I emailed Ricky right away because, again, there was just, I just needed more. I needed to know more about um, some of the questions in the book, Can These Bones Live? Um, because I shared it with a, another brother of mine who was going through a lot of the key things, and I wanted to be able to give some additional scripture, some point of view, some advice. And the fact that the author lived in the same city with me, I took advantage of that, and I emailed you, and I said, can we meet for coffee? Because there's so much more I want to know. I was really excited about meeting with you. The coffee and conversation was great, and I truly appreciated the transparency. So, so not only was the book helpful for my friend, but it was also helpful for me personally. There were some things in the book that I also was being challenged with, and, and I was at a brick wall. I just didn't know what else to do. And I think the great thing was, again, by meeting the author, um, I was able to really, like you said, be transparent and, and put on the table, here, here are some of the things that I'm actually dealing with that's in your book, but I need you to elaborate. Can you share more? Like, what else would you do based on a situation as, as this? And I guess that was the beauty of the initial connection because um, it allowed me to be vulnerable about certain things along my journey that 
I probably wouldn't have shared um, with some of my friends that I knew or, or people that I know in ministry. So it was refreshing because, again, in that initial meeting, I, I said, you know, this may be a one-off. I may see him just one time, and, you know, he may be on some international book tour, so I may never see him again. <laughs> you know, but, again, it's really interesting how God has a bigger plan um, than what we may have designed. And, and again, not knowing from that initial conversation that we broke into a friendship where, you know, we do we have met several times. We've talked about different things, and I've encouraged you to, to take leaps and bounds in your area of ministry and the same that you've done for me. And I think that's the important thing and the important thing to take away that, you know, when you meet someone in your journey, they, they should be able to push you towards your dream, you know, but a true friend would correct you along the way. If they see you coming off track from your dream, remind you that, yeah, this is the thing you want to do. So, hey, did you forget to do this? Or remember, you should do this or consider this. And I think that's the beauty of the friendship where, I'm allowed to speak to you freely and honestly, not just from a spiritual side or a brotherly side, but then also from the professional side to make sure you stay intact the goal that you want to personally achieve. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, a friend is someone you come to know, like, and trust. A proverb of Solomon says that iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. In the book, Can These Bones Live?, I talk about how important it is to choose companions that show up to support you in your life ambitions and to do just as you've said, uh, to hold you accountable. So not only did we connect spiritually, but we also connected creatively. So now I'm happy to sport an original Ashton Hall designer leather jacket. And it's too fancy for me. I'll be honest with you. It's too fancy for me. It's got collars you can zip out and all that kind of stuff. I'm pretty plain. I just want to put it on and wear it. So I will ask you this. If there is one thing about Can These Bones Live that resonated the most with you, uh, what would that be? So, yeah, you know, when I was when I was thinking about uh, when I read the book and some of the key things that stood out, I think in, in the section where it talked about where are the bones and then you use the acronym and then you break down each letter to explain what bones mean. And when you go to the last letter, S, I'm not just going to read a little bit because I think it was so powerful. Um, you said sacrifice is willingness to put the needs of others before your own comfort and conveniences. When friendship is the foundation for growing in interdependence, no sacrifice is too great. And I thought that was really important because I think lots of times in a marriage, you know, um, and especially for me, I got married very young. And then, you know, my wife and I were also very creative people. So not only did we get married, but in the beginning of the marriage, we, we were rolling out um, Broadway, off-Broadway musicals. So we were writing plays, you know, having music added to the shows. We were touring. So we were doing a lot for a very young couple um, as far as in ministry. And I think that the challenge we, we had was, yes, we were friends prior to the marriage. But I think once we got into the marriage and we started taking on um, projects that were probably bigger than us, per se, um, it did put a strain on us as far as the friendship side, because then it just became a business. It was more of, okay, so you handle, you know, the uh, accounting and the financial side. I'll deal with the creative side, and, and we'll have meetings, and we'll constantly have meetings on top of meetings. Um, and when I reflect over the journey, um, it, it feels like that part of the puzzle kind of fell to the sideways. So by reading that book, it reminded me of that. 
you know, that one of the foundations um, for growing in independence, and even that was a word, I remember when we met, you know, I had you explain that a little bit more because it was a new phrase to hear within um, a book like this. But, but the main takeaway for me was that no sacrifice is too great. And it allowed me to look where I am now in my life and say, okay, let me go back before everything started and the friendship was there. And I remember that time where, you know, we were both innocent and, and it wasn't about the glitz and the glam and touring the world and doing a little fun thing. We just went to church, you know, on a Sunday and on a Friday and on a Saturday, we sang in the choir. You know, we just went to the local movie theater. It was just a real simple life. Um, but once I took that friendship side out of it, and now and at this point in my life, it, it, it's just not the same because it's all just business now. So, so, so that book really helped me and reminded me, you know, of that time. Um, and it was helpful in just recharging the relationship. Well, you know, I don't find that uncommon, Ash, because when you, you start building a life together, uh, it, it gets challenging. And if we're not careful, we'll lose sight of the friendship for sake of the marriage. In other words, we, we've got the institution intact, but we're really not paying attention to the relationship. So when you mention that, mm -hmm. where are the bones and that acrostic for bones, the B being for blessings and the O being for oneness, the N being for nurturing, the E being for edification, and the S being for sacrifice, those elements are essential for building and, and putting the ingredients in that really makes the relationship uh, meaningful. And when we become neglectful in those areas, whether it's blessings, whether it's operating in unity and agreement, whether it's edifying, you know, I think one of the most detrimental things to relationships is the casual put downs. Many right. times we don't even think about what that is and we'll write it off. Oh, I'm just playing. Well, you know, you know, you weren't just playing. So we kind of right. get uh, relaxed on supplying the, the ingredients that will ensure and that will help the relationship be meaningful until it just becomes, as you said, a job. It becomes work. Uh, and, yeah. and But if we remember to be friends, someone that you know, like, and trust, when we mm -hmm. use that and keep that as the foundation, then it takes away from a lot of the hostilities that we often encounter. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you, you, you hit it with a key word. I think trust is so important because, again, when, when you start out in marriage, you know, trust is there initially because, or you wouldn't have married the person, you know, but long story short, you know, you agreed to be on this journey together, you know, and to trust one another. But over time, you know, whether it's work-related or it's external friends or demands of the job or even in ministry, you find that those things start to create cracks in the foundation of the relationship. So, keep, so, so let's look at this. So you started out, solid pavement, trust is at the bottom. So I'm marrying you because I trust you. I trust that you'll take care of me, that you'll provide for me, you know, that you'll, you'll, you'll be there, you know, if I'm sick and sending help. Halfway through, all of a sudden, one person may lose a job. So now you're in a season for six months, nine months, the, the finances drop down by 50%. What happens to that foundation of trust? Does it become, now nah, I don't trust you anymore because you didn't keep your word? <laughs> yes, keep in mind, you lost your job and it's not of your own sometimes. It could be you got laid off. But does that now put a crack into the word trust because you're saying, 
you said you were going to take care of me. How can you take care of me? And now we have a mortgage and we have two cars and we have all of this stuff, but we only have half the money to take care of the bills. So now you are not keeping your word. There goes the first crack. Then you have family and friends in your ear, in the person's ear saying, I told you so. I knew so. Look, they, they didn't keep their word. You know, you're better off by yourself. There's the second crack, you know. Um, then you got the, the next phase ministry, you know, you know, here you are trying to juggle it all, you know, find a new job, trusting in God, praying. And then you got the other spouse saying, okay, so you praying, you still don't have a job. There's a third crack. So, so these little cracks that start to come into that trust foundation before you know it, 20 years, 25 years into the relationship, it's, it's now about to fall apart. But the question is, how do you how do you maintain that? How do you keep it? How do you fix it? And like you said in the book, going back to the friendship, because that's where the trust started. And and it can be, if it can be, you can take class there and you can fix up those cracks and, and secure the foundation once again. But here is the caveat. Are you both willing to pick up the shovel and, and the and the clay and the mud and the cement and splatter it on? So if you're both not doing it, the cracks will come back and the foundation will still shake and fall apart. In a previous episode, I highlighted the fact that connecting gives birth to us without destroying me. I also talked about the three unique developmental stages in all relationships, that being forming, storming, and performing. The performing phase in particular is one of those that, regardless of how long you've been together, uh, this phase can reoccur because people are not the same. Their expectations aren't the same. Their needs aren't the same. And by virtue of storming, uh, that process of clarifying expectations and developing agreed upon requirements, um, communication, comradeship, companionship is the foundation uh, to help weather the storms. So we have to remember that there's a cause greater than me, greater than you, for us to be together. One thing I want to share, and, and this would be something um, to, to your listeners that are in the beginning of their journey in a relationship and marriage and all that good stuff. I find that um, there are going to be two key paths in this journey. Either your marriage can be built on love or it can be built on security. Now, let me explain that. Hmm. Love means if you both love each other, and you agree that this is what we're going to build our relationship on, that means whether you live in a four-bedroom house, a one-bedroom house, you get evicted, you got to move together somewhere else, you're going to stay together no matter what because the love is what's holding you together. And as long as you're with that person, you, you realize that, okay, today's a bad day, but tomorrow it can turn around because you're building the foundation of love, and that's lasting. But now, if you choose to say, no, I want to build it on security, meaning I look at you now and say, okay, so you graduated with your bachelor's and you're working on your master's. I got my master's. Okay. So now I see the potential of dollar signs. You're about to be a lawyer. I'm about to be a doctor. That's more money. And if you, so you're setting up a journey of I'm guaranteed to be taken care of because the money's there. But when you build that foundation, it doesn't work because that same person who's a doctor can have an accident and now they're not working. You know, so so what do you do? Do you walk away from the marriage because you 
have these expectations and these plans based on the finances. So, so my only advice, to, like I said, any young couple that's coming up, have this hard conversation and make sure that both people agree to build it on love and not on security, meaning the financial side. Because once, once you're living in that dream house and you have to give up all of that to go live in a one-bedroom apartment, the shame may be just enough to, to, to take the marriage down. Well, I, I really appreciate you leaving that, and, and, and I will leave this in response to that. Too often, uh, people don't have a vision for their relationships. And so there are two things I would add to that to any young person that's just starting. The first thing is to get my book, Can These Bones Live? It's one of the best investments you can make into your relationships. The second thing is to practice the principles you find in the book. All relationships are a marriage of some kind. So be patient. Allow them to go through the normal stages of development. Through wisdom is a relationship built. Through understanding is it established. And through knowledge are the rooms filled with precious riches. Thank you for joining this episode of Hebrews It, a Relate LLC production. To learn more, check out our website, RelateLLC.com and follow us on social. Until the next time, remember, there is no better time than now for greater discovery. It's time to live life. It's time to live legendary.